It's December 14th, 2018. This is Acacia Thompson for Brooklyn Public Library's Oral History Project, Greenpoint Oral History Project. For Our Streets, Our Stories, I'm here at Broadway Stages with Tony Argento. Hi, Tony. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Thank so, you for coming. Well, thank <laughs> you for having me. And how long have you been in Greenpoint with Broadway Stages? Okay, I came here my f in 1996, where, where we, I first decided to buy the first building here, uh, and it was at 259 Green Street. Uh, and we took possession that fall and uh, started doing major cleanup in, uh, in, in, in 1997. Um, uh, and it was a whole different neighborhood back then. The, the reason why I came to Greenpoint from Long Island City, it was just over the little bridge, uh, is because Greenpoint was selling much cheaper than Long Island City. So Long Island City was not affordable to me, so I came here to Greenpoint. It was half the price, mm -hmm. basically, back then. <clears throat> and probably one of the reasons why it was half the price was the odor from the waste treatment plant. I, I, the, the, our first building was literally in front of the waste treatment plant. It was pretty, pretty strong and toxic, and especially during the, um, the summer months. You could just smell it, you know, really bad. And you, even if you went up to, depending the way the wind was blowing, if you went up to Manhattan Avenue, you would smell it pretty, and especially in the summer months. You know, and I guess that kind of probably affected the property prices here. So, so because you know, because I was in real desperate need of, of warehouse space, we didn't. It didn't matter to me. So we, you know, we, we came here anyway. And you've expanded greatly. Yes, we've expanded since then, and we did a lot of buying back then because it was cheap. It was still cheap, and they started renovating the waste treatment plant in 1999. That's when it started, and. Probably completion was, maybe 2015, but, and there's still work being done there. Okay. Yeah, but, but it took, one of the things I should bring up is that the, the original budget for the waste treatment plan was 2.3 billion, which, and that it, it, since then it's exceeded probably over 7 billion. And you know, nobody really points that out you know, it should be that more people should do research on that. Um, anyway, since the waste treatment plan was built, it really improved the quality of life in Greenpoint. And, you know, and, and the odors and the smells. You know, it, it, it probably has diminished about 95%. Yeah. You know, this still in some, some hot summer days you still get an odor or two but nothing compared to how it was in, in the 90s and, the and probably before that the, even before my time it probably was even stronger <laughs> i could tell that yeah and so with your ex great expansion what kind of problems have you run into with industrial pollution well when i first came here when i first came to my second building here in greenpoint uh, uh, 203 Mazarol Avenue, that was in 98. We outgrew our building in about a year and a half on Green Street. We've moved to this location. 
Tawdry, Meserol Avenue. Uh, some of the environmental pollution back then was just people dumping in the street. I mean, total garbage everywhere. It was very dirty, especially the industrial streets. Not, not the homes. The Polish people kind of kept their homes very tidy and always clean. No garbage in front of their houses. But, but the industrial streets were very filthy. Like trucks coming in the middle of the night, just dumping right in the middle of the street. Um, tires, furniture, you know, uh, concrete, all kinds of debris, you know, which uh, we dealt over the years in cleaning ourselves, the sanitation, whoever could get to it first. Um, and that, that, that was one of the obstacles that we were dealing with. Uh, still in the late 90s probably till 2005 four and the, your proximity to the Exxon spill site has that played any role in your problems here? well one of the properties that we purchased in 2010 was formerly owned by mobile Exxon which I, I did not know that we found out after we bought it and closed. Mobile Exxon actually reached out to us to see if they could help us with the remediation, which they did. And uh, to our surprise, you know, <clears throat> uh, they actually helped us a great deal because it was way above uh, our heads to actually do this cleanup. And so they guided us through it and, you know, help us uh, get rid of the, the contaminated dirt that we dug up and everything. So in a way, even though I did buy a contaminated site, uh, I had a company next door to me that actually helped me do it, helped me get a cleanup on it. Was this Five Point Queensland? Um, this was um, uh, 359 Kingsland. Okay. 359 and uh, and you know that was a, a three five twenty Kingsland is also a building that was owned by Exxon Mobil Mobil back in the day, and I didn't even know that either. And um, you know Mobil Exxon Mobil has been doing testing there and everything, but it, it, it seems to be fine. You know the air quality and stuff. They occasionally do testing and monitoring. Um, and again, they're helping with that. Um, and uh, and we we've we've you know we've kind of navigated around these environmental problems. You know we uh, <clears throat> we basically through our environmental consultants we remediated all the dirt we dug up. We kind of we um, were able to. Uh, uh, get rid of it through a, uh, to a, a company that cleans the contaminated dirt through the help of Exxon and and then put a vapor barrier and then six to eight inches of concrete so it basically seals in any any fumes that would come up you know for industrial use it meets all uh, DC requirements and what are some of your current issues some of our current issues are the, some of the new industrial companies that have uh, set up shop in Greenpoint and one in, on, the, on the Queen side, which is 
Green Ash Fork, I think is the name of the company, but to put a, a, an ash fork company so close to a residential area like this, they have a, a smelting plant there with a chimney that um, uh, shoots out toxic fumes. And, and depending where, where the, the way the wind is blowing, like uh, Tuesday this morning, I was up on my roof across from them, and basically you could just smell the sulfur. Smell the sulfur. How a state agency can license a company to do that so close to a residential area? And you know, every, uh, unfortunately, people don't realize that everyone in the neighborhood breathes it in, including you know my little child who goes to school in McCork Park there, you know, he's breathing that in, you know. So we pointed it out to a lot of politicians. Um, we're doing uh, constant 311 calls, but, you know, not much has been done about it. But that means that you can see it sometimes in the morning, the fumes are toxic. And since I spent so much time here, basically s six to seven days a week, you know, I'm worried about breathing those fumes in, Yeah. The, the other um, environmental problems that I see that are very, there's a lot of dust in the area through some of the other recycling places in the area. And also sometimes there's fumes, well, fumes from some of the oil, the current oil companies that you could smell that just dissipates in the air. And if you're close by, you smell it. But those fumes travel, they travel to the residential area and people are breathing it in. So those, those are my, my current environmental concerns. More, I think they're more important than the creek, you know, because these are actual um, qualities of life, environmental problems that are really affecting our health every day. Yeah. Well, switching gears, can you talk a little bit about why it's very important for Green Body Stages to be to help promote environmental stewardship in the neighborhood and some of the things that you've done here? Well, we, we, because I'm so attached to Greenpoint, I live in Greenpoint, we, it, we feel that it's, it's the, the, a thing that we can give back to the community, like where we partnered up with um, the Autobahn Society to create this bird sanctuary. You know, we signed a 20-year commitment to do it on our roofs, uh, we built the infrastructure for them. I built an elevator to go up to the roof. I spent about $800,000 of my own money to build the infrastructure. And they, they've spent over a million to do the actual green roof. And I, it, it's a give back to the community and make it available to anybody who wants to go up there and see it. So that, that's, that's uh, the way I feel about it. You're talking about Kings and Wildflower. Yes, Kings and Wildflower. And also the uh, the rooftop garden at uh, uh, 44 Eagle, which we built that in 2009, totally at a at a cost to me. Yeah. We uh, we spent about 150 thousand on that. You like rooftops for body stages. You have solar panels installed as well. Yes, we and in 1999 we took advantage of the. Uh, federal tax, uh, federal uh, program, and the state program uh, uh, with the solar panel um, uh, tax credit, but and we, so we got one third uh, uh, of the monies from the 
federal government, one third from the state, and we put up one third, and we build like a five million dollar array of solar panels. Wow. You um, know. And also, can you tell me a little bit how you got involved with the Brooklyn Boat Club? Well, the Brooklyn Book Club, they, um, they came to me one day that they needed just a place to store some stuff. That's how it started. Because the other place wasn't ready where they were going to actually put the boat club. And so I had this 20-foot lot on the creek at uh, 51 Air Street is the address. And it started from there. They started putting containers in there. I cleaned it out. It was a mess cleaned it out for them and um, and they started storing stuff there but then they started they got a uh, a floating dock started launching uh, kayaks and and that's how it started it kind of grew every year it's grown it's, they've been there at least five years now well and how, and how do you see the, the future in, in the community environment do you feel like you've mentioned you've been pretty currently well, you know, I, I think people should get more concerned about some of these air quality problems that we're having because we're breathing it all in, and especially for the, all the little kids in the area. Um, uh, you know, uh, there's, a, I, I, there's a lot of effort going into cleaning up the creek and this and that. I think more effort should be put into our air quality also. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Dr. Yeah, no, no problem. Thank you.